This episode is brought to you in part by Portland Buttonworks. Do you like buttons? Of course you do. Have you ever had a great idea for one but just thin like, darn it! If only I had the resources and equipment. Well, fret no more. Portland Buttonworks is just what you need. Portland Buttonworks creates custom pinback buttons in four different sizes, plus magnets, hand mirrors, and bottle openers. Download their templates and create your own designs, or use their Designomatic for quick formatting. You can order just a few custom items, or order in bulk for merch or big events. I've been getting buttons from Portland Buttonworks for years, and their quality is always top of the line. And this month, in honor of their ninth birthday, they're offering a special discount to my listeners. Just enter the promo code HEX at checkout for 9% off your order. And once you're done making your buttons, make sure you visit the PBW Witch Shop for a thoughtfully curated selection of witchcraft, magic, and occult-related zines. They've got books, buttons, tarot cards, and so much more. The collection has a refreshing emphasis on magic that relates to traditional and folkloric witchcraft, chaos magic, secular witchcraft, magical plants and herbs, queer witchcraft, witchcraft activism, and more. There's a good chance that they have exactly what you're looking for. Visit the main Buttonworks at portlandbuttonworks.com and check out the Witch Shop and Zine Distro at pbwwitchshop.com. Remember to enter promo code HEX at checkout for 9% off your order. Help support small business and get your buttons from Portland Buttonworks. Fighting fascism one button at a time since 2012. This episode is brought to you in part by Crowsbone. Crowsbone is a family-owned business with 20 years of experience in the study and practice of magic. Their selection combines carefully curated wholesale goods, unique secondhand finds, and handcrafted items from their home base. Peruse their excellent selection of books, home decor, spell components, and so much more. Make sure you check out their seasonal subscription packages and mystery boxes, as well as their range of personalized services and readings. While you're there, check out their Working Community Survey, featuring a variety of voices from the witchcraft community and their library of free printables. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at The Crowsbone or on Tumblr at Crowsbone for regular updates and sales. And now is the perfect time to do it because the good people at Crowsbone are offering my listeners a 15% discount on their products and services. Just use the code HEXPOSITIVE at checkout. This offer excludes subscriptions. Refresh your witchcraft supplies and help support small business while you're at it. Visit crowsbone.com and remember to use code HEXPOSITIVE at checkout for 15% off your order. Crowsbone, to thine own self be true. I'm Brina Garen, and you're listening to Hex Positive. Welcome, witches. This is a special bonus episode of Hex Positive. I'm your host, Brina Garen, and under no circumstances is anyone to mention 
the name of a certain play. Coincidentally, <laughs> Baldrick, actors are very superstitious. On no account mention the word Macbeth this evening, all right? Why not? It brings them bad luck and it makes them very unhappy. Oh, so you won't be mentioning it either? No. Well, not very often. <laughs> Lead on, McGough. I shall. <laughs> Lest you continue in your quotation and mention the name of the Scottish play. No, never fear, I shan't do that. <laughs> By the Scottish play, I assume you mean Macbeth. Ah! 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 What was that? We were exorcising evil spirits. Being but a mere butler, you will not know the great theatre tradition that one does never speak the name of the Scottish play. What, Macbeth? Ah! Hot potato off the tall's butt will make amends. Ah! Oh, Lord, you mean you have to do that every time I say Macbeth? Ah! Hot potato off the tall's butt will make amends. Ah! Will you please stop saying that? Always call it the Scottish play. So you want me to say the Scottish play? Yes! Rather than Macbeth. Ah! Hot potato off the tall's butt will make amends. Ah! Nothing like a little black adder to start the fun. But yes, my witchy darlings, we are indeed going to be discussing the Scottish play today. And since we're not on a theater stage, which is the only place the tradition actually applies, we can say Macbeth all we want. Macbeth, Macbeth, Macbeth. Or maybe we can't. Let me see if I can get through that without tripping ever in this episode. Apparently I can't. And of course... Shakespeare's Macbeth is a wonderful tale of intrigue, ambition, murder, and of course, a delightful smattering of witchcraft. But it's not just good theater. Oh no, this piece was timely. And to tell us all about it, I have a very special guest here in the virtual studio today who has done some pretty extensive research on the topic. She's an utterly fabulous lady, a fixture in the Nerd and Tie Discord chat. Come join us at the fun place all the way across the pond from the UK. Please welcome the incomparable Lozzie Stardust. Welcome, Lozzie. Woo! All right. <clears throat> Hello, darling. It's so good to have you on the show. So good to be here. It's really exciting. <laughs> um, I've, I've been listening to this accent for 25 minutes and I'm not sick of it. I love it. <laughs> now, I've been looking forward to this chat for a while. As our listeners know, I am a big history buff and I love a bit of Shakespeare. Plus, shitting on King James is practically a hobby. So I'm already rubbing my hands together and having a good cackle. But Lazi, dear, please do tell the good people a bit about yourself. So um, uh, my name, well, my online name is uh, Lozzie Stardust, and I went to Anglia Ruskin University um, in Cambridge. That's right, guys. There is another university in Cambridge. It's fine because you go, I went to university in Cambridge, and you're technically not lying. It's great. It's great. Gets me through so much. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, a, that, 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 no, not that one. Um, but... Um, but I did get to use their library for this research, which was very, very exciting. So um, I did a joint honours degree in um, history and drama um, because I left A-levels and went, I want to think I want to be a teacher. What do I want to teach? History or drama? Uh, don't know. Ah, I can do them both. Brilliant. I can put that off for another three years of having to think about what I'm going to do with my life. 
excellente. Um, then was going to, you kind of, you don't really pick a major when you're doing a, a joint honours, um, but um, I had to work quite closely with uh, some of the different um, humanities and, and drama and stuff. And um, my drama um, department were um, not as enthusiastic about the fact that I wanted to write a 10,000 word essay about how the fact that uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth was actually a giant brown nosing <laughs> to James the first and perhaps you know not completely undermining Macbeth as a piece of theatre but yeah they weren't entirely enthusiastic so uh, I ended up uh, going to my history tutor um, who absolutely clapped his hands and was very very enthusiastic um, and I was like yes this is it I'm, I'm now in the history camp <laughs> well that sounds amazing and also like a lot of work so did you just pick it because it was like oh nobody else is is brave enough to do this but I'm going to do the thing or did you have uh, a particular interest in that before you started um so I've always been a little bit more like pagan adjacent so I've kind of you, you know I say long time dabbler um but I've always been at least like interested in witchcraft and spirituality and all that sort of stuff even when I was younger I am a practicing witch um now but I did have a little gap um in the the middle and I was a um started off uh, when I was at uni and uh, I was just like you know what this this is I love witchcraft I love angry feminism I love Shakespeare. I love history. How can I combine all of these things into one really niche thing? Oh, look, it's presented itself. Um, so, yeah, it was really it was almost a, like a mix of real life plus study plus influence, really. Ugh, goals, 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 goals. If, if only we could all just get through college and our A-levels and university and all that just by, by doing a thing that supremely interests us and then getting some freaking credit for it. I, I think we'd all be set for life. Ah, that wasn't. <laughs> it was literally just a 10,000 word essay at the end, though. I did have to do all the rest of the crap that everybody else <laughs> had to do. Like I could. Yeah, <clears throat> that was just right at the end when they're just like, eh, you have to pick a 10,000 word essay and plan it and produce it. And Man, here is some still. credit still still it's awesome it, it does it makes it a little bit more interesting because you're 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 finally getting to the academic understanding of doing working for something because you want to genuinely know a little bit more about it as opposed <laughs> to like the um kind of I'm learning this because I have to do learn to pass an exam yeah the the sponge the sponge learning yeah yeah, yeah. must learn must regurgitate on a task and then away it goes <laughs> away it is away it goes <laughs> until it's like three o'clock in the morning and it's like oh yeah Pythagoras he was a dude <laughs> yes so I'm pretty much going to give you the reins and say giddy up so uh walk us through this uh King James the first and sixth of Scotland I guess we can start yeah. there yeah um so Elizabeth the first of England um her just I like I don't want to like history explain English history but it is literally a little bit like Game of Thrones because everybody married everybody's cousins aunts and yeah it's really dodge um so came, James the sixth of Scotland became James the first of England when Elizabeth the first did not produce any heirs so, yeah, first queen of England, but uh, did not produce any heirs. So James, the it unified Scotland and England under the throne. 
um, and her cousin was Mary, Queen of Scots, and she lived up uh, up frozen north. Well, I shouldn't say frozen north, <laughs> Scotland. Um, and basically, because she produced no heirs, the Tudor line ended, and thus began the reign of the Stuarts. Um, and he was he was the son of Mary, Queen of Scots, correct? He was the son of Mary, Queen of Scots, who gotcha. was Elizabeth's cousin. Mm-hmm. And he was the great, great, great grandchild of Henry the Seventh. Because there was a lot of. So <laughs> like she said, it's, to... a, it's all a bit dodgy. <laughs> yeah, it's all really dodgy. And like sometimes people will be like, oh, that's a that's a Protestant. And so Mary, Queen of Scots herself was really super Catholic, which is why she kind of got exiled up to uh, Scotland. Um, but James I was actually Protestant. So there was a whole lot of that going on as well. We like picking and choosing, basically. Yes, yes. And there there was a whole period of history around this time where, like, you know, we, we of course, uh, especially in America, we, we don't see, like, a huge differentiation. Oh, you're, you're Protestant, you're Catholic, it's whatever, you're, you're a Christian. And no, 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 no. Um, oh. No, across the pond, my dears, and especially in this particular time in history, it mattered. Not only did it matter, it could have been a matter of life and death, uh, whether you were Catholic or Protestant, depending who was on the throne. See also Mary Tudor. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get to her some other time. But um, that was that was a god awful mess. Anyway, so it was a big deal that, you know, we, we've had this this split in the church now with uh, with Henry VIII, which uh, Liz the first later cemented. So we have the Anglican Church, but there is still this divide between Catholics and Protestants. They're still trying to kind of bring all these disparate counties and countries and uh, and and churches together. So James the sixth of Scotland becomes James the first of England. He is a Protestant king, despite his Catholic mother. He kind of brings everything together and goes, right, yep. I'm running the show. Here we go. Yep. Yep, but the problem it. is he, he was raised with some uh, with some some paranoia in his life. Yeah, I mean, he did inherit the um, he technically inherited the throne at 13 months, um, which is, you know, that's some quite um, big shoes um, to fill. Um, And there's also a large amount of there's just a large amount of paranoia in the monarchy as a whole. Um, It's your whole divine. So the monarchy is like the divine right of kings. God has decided that you are allowed to be king. Um, and he did do a lot of work on that. And I'll probably touch on that a little bit later on. But um, yeah, it was it was he was kind of a big deal, <laughs> to say the least. Absolutely. And, you know, nowadays when we have politicians who are, you know, worried about stuff when they're worried about uh, security or or threats to their office, it's usually uh, a very physical threat or it's something to do with information. Uh, But at this particular time, people were really, really worried about magic. Yep, totally. I mean, especially um, Europe. So the European witch trials had already started um, and that had already really taken off. So James would have been kind of brought up with that really massive dose of um of scarity of witches um kind of and i'll probably come up to this like slightly later on or i might end up coming back to it but actually overall 
there there's a whole lot of stuff um when people look at things and they just kind of go right external factors because i mean a history is written by the victors right and and b if you externalize it then that's no longer your problem not that you know current governments or or regimes would use externalization as an excuse to grab power or anything Um, (laughs) dusty in here yeah man so dusty um so much shade um but the uh yes so but there was that real genuine fear it yes you would have had some people who kind of looked on it and was just like oh i can take advantage of this fear because you're going to get that anywhere but this was a genuine fear um that it was something's gonna happen definitely um i mean the main the main thing that really cemented it in terms of uh, at least for james the first um was when he was supposed to be he was betrothed to anne of denmark um and again in europe the the which uh witch hunts had really taken over they she was supposed to be coming over via norway um and coming around to scotland and um, there was a massive storm, an absolutely massive storm. Um, and it was said under torture, this information, of course, was revealed that um, witches had cursed James I's beloved and James I himself. Um, and that led to the Berwick um, or Berwick witch trials in Scotland. But um, yeah. Is it Berwick or Berwick? I'm going to say know. Berwick and then I'm going to get somebody who's genuinely from Scotland just be like, you Berwick! <laughs> southern Muppet, what are you doing? <laughs> How dare you? Sorry. And I'm just going to go, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah. So, so those trials. Yeah, those trials. Oh, yeah. Um, those trials were... They were the main ones. So James I actually went along to those because there was a lot of concern for James's health and health and safety um, because they were worried that if you could look someone in the eye, if you could get a lock of their hair, if you could be in the same room as them, you could curse them. So, yes, the first um, curse hadn't paid off because James nobly gathered a whole mini army of ships and rode out into the sea to fetch his beloved as only you know somebody can with a lot of power and a lot of money um and got her back and he was the victorious person in this scenario um the witches themselves um they were agnes well there were a few of them but agnes Sampson was one of the main ones um and she and her friends kind of got Again, it's the one of those political things because one of them was like the Earl of Bothwell and they had a seat and there was apparently some murdering going on. So, yeah, it gets uh, it gets really dodge and I'm more than happy to uh, go through it with anyone if they want any extra deets on that. Um, but they confessed under torture and uh, James I himself actually turned up to the trial. So it was a very, very big deal. Also, um, about this time, he released in 1597 um, his book, well, 
released a lot of things. I mean, he did try and like re well, he did successfully rewrite the Bible. But apart from that, um, he uh, 1597, he um, wrote Demonology, um, which I suspect a lot of people have already heard about. Um, people hear the name Demonology and they go, why on earth is this witchcrafting, fearing king writing a book about demons? But actually, he saw it more as a study about how to protect yourself against it and more of a kind of a subsection of theology. And because it was his God given right as a king, you know, I am such a godly boy. I am the most godliest boy to have ever godly boyed. Sans Pope. Well, not I'm in charge and. um Theology was really, really important because that's how he maintained his power. Right. If I say God put me here, I can stay here. Um, and that kind of it was almost like, dare I say it, the like 16th century equivalent of defense against the dark arts, um, because like they were just like, right, to know more about it, you've got to study and you've, you've got to find out about it. And uh, so although um, demonology was um Written in 1597, the Witchcraft Act was actually brought in for England and Scotland in uh, 1563. So it was very much a um, very much a, a big deal. And he was just he was genuine. I would like to think he did genuinely think that there was a problem. I mean, it wasn't just a power grab, but I think overall people were really, really worried about it. I think they really were there. There was a lot of. Uh... A lot of paranoia around the time. I mean, we we saw it with Henry. We saw it a little bit, but not to the same degree with Elizabeth. Um, she did pass some laws and statutes yeah. uh, related to it, which I'm actually going to be addressing in a main episode later this year. Uh, oh yeah, that here here's a sneak preview for all of my my lovely listeners. I'm working on an episode that I've tentatively titled "Witchcraft and the Law." Y'all gonna learn some stuff. It's gonna be fun. So. Um, so it was uh, needless to say, you know, it was something that was very much in the forefront of people's minds around this time. And it wasn't just like, oh, you know, this is a a bad, bad, naughty thing that people are doing uh, because it's against the church. It's like, no, 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 this this actually creates storms. It, you know, destroys crops. It makes livestock sick. It kills children. It can, you know, make marriages the plague. And, and wither away. You could kill the king. You could kill the king. You could send a plague on all his houses. But yeah, you could genuinely, oh, yeah. there was, because the, the plague was definitely um, linked to, to witchcraft as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, because, it, you know, science wasn't really a thing. Not quite yet. Yeah, and not quite yet. Science hadn't were, been invented yet. <laughs> people were still suspicious of math for crying out loud. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously there there was it wasn't like the main thing that people worried about. Of course, there's you know, there's war, there's disease, there's famine, there's there's actual stuff that you have to worry about, uh, like like in the physical realm, shall we say. Uh, but there was still this underlying worry that uh, that magic and people using magic could be trying to undermine all of this. Uh, so, like you said, you had to have your sort of protestant defense against the dark arts class you had to read this pamphlet you had to figure out you know this is how you uh this is how you identify a witch this is how you you get them to confess and a lot of the superstitions of the day were recorded in the pamphlet so it's actually a really good historical record of what people were thinking about witches at the time and even though it will cause you to rage 
if oh. anyone can get their hands on it, it's on Project Gutenberg. I highly recommend you read it just to have the context. Yes. That, that's I the mean, thing. I mean, yeah, I read it like, you know, I couldn't like oh. reference it and not read it. But, you know, yeah. and I'm just pacing the floor and my housemates are you okay and I'm like I am not okay oh Uh, god I I read like the first bit of it and just like steam was coming out of my ears but it was again context it was like it is about the time you know um Mm -hmm. I mean from 15 um the dates uh so from 1590 to 1599 180 um, people were um, trialed for witchcraft offences. 144 of those were women. Now, it doesn't sound a lot saying like 180 because you think actually, you know, but actually the population of Scotland was 10 times less than it is now. So you're looking at, say, 600,000 people. So, you know, nearly executing 200 odd people in a nine year period after the plague after famine war arguments yeah it's you don't go around killing 200 of your subjects out of just political gain exactly and uh you know these numbers that we get for uh for witch trials and the number of people who uh who were imprisoned who were uh you know, arrested, who actually did die, which is uh, an unspeakable tragedy. Um, you know, they are in the historical record, and I do want to make this point because I feel it's important. In the historical record, they are a lot lower than some people might think that they are. Yeah. It it doesn't mean that you know nothing happened, and it certainly doesn't mean that it wasn't you know horrible. People freaking died. Um, but it is not the nine billion or whatever, not the, the nine million oh, benchmark God, yeah. that, that Gardner oh, nine said. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. they the worked whole, it out. The burning they, times thing is not is not a thing. Yeah. And the thing is with the burning times is everybody had a different kind of spate of it. So Europe was yeah. first and then that overlapped with Scotland and, and England and Ireland to a lesser extent. And mm. then the Salem witch trials were a lot a little bit you know in the context of the time later yeah they were so, they were a bit later and that was sort of like the last gasp yeah of all of that uh because of course we had the the uh the witchcraft act in 1735 that uh more or less put an end to like the previous two centuries where people just accused each other willy-nilly and got their neighbors killed over you know petty nonsense um so that was something that, that clearly needed to happen. It was a very good thing that it did happen. Um, and the reason that we remember Salem so much over here uh, is not because we didn't have any other witch trials in America. No, no, no. It was just because things in Salem got so wildly out of hand um, that it kind of stands apart as this is what we don't want to happen. Yeah, it's it's when we're looking at. Yeah, like you said, like so it's not just this is the exception in this particular place because it gets a hell of you know I'm, that's another topic for another day's matthew hopkins my dearest friend <laughs> oh my god you want to talk about people whose names instantly make me want to fight somebody matthew king hopkins it's really Ooh. dodgy though because he's he's from around whereabouts i am geographically currently located 
and mm-hmm. Oliver Cromwell. And I'm like, really? Ooh, that of mm. all the places that I've ended up, <laughs> it's from like between sandwiched between Oliver Cromwell and Matthew Hopkins. That's not a sandwich that you want to be a part of. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. Which is if you want yourself a real good rage, Google Matthew Hopkins Witchfinder General sometime and just have something prepared to, like, break. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could again, I could talk about him for like, you know, I'm just like, I'm just like, man, I love Macbeth and Shakespeare and King James the first and he's an arsehole. And then someone's just like, but what about Matthew Hopkins? And I'm like, he's my second favorite arsehole. (laughs) Him and and. Uh, what what's his nuts from Salem? William Stoughton. Ooh, yeah. there's there's a guy I'd love to go back in time and just punch. But uh, bringing it all the way back around. So King James, he's yep. he's got he's got his his demonology pamphlet. Yep. Here's oh, how you okay. find witches. Here's how you fight them. Here's how you you know handle all of this. Yep. He rewrites the Bible. Uh, I believe yep. it is the first time it's printed in English. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So and that, um, that's why it's such a now, big deal. Yeah, that's why it's such a big deal. But also, mm-hmm. um, it's known now as the King James the first slash six, depending on where you are, version. So luckily, I think we've come out the other side of it um, and have perhaps gone re-gone back and gone, hmm. And, you know, if the guy's powerful enough to, you know, rewrite the Bible and, and, and well, or at least stick his name to it then people are going to listen. This is your king. This is, you know, this is somebody who is educated and God has put them, him on this earth specifically for the task of ruling over both Scotland and England. England, you know, it's his, his divine right. Um, and it's just, people are going to listen because you don't get your ideas. You know, we don't have the internet. Like we don't have the internet. Like I'm just casually hanging out in like, 1535 um like there's no internet there's no other way i mean pamphlets it's the main distribution of of information apart from oral tradition so right and the the big deal with the king james bible and witchcraft is that before this the bible was in latin so there was a lot more uh sort of context to the words uh but when it was rewritten for this this new version uh, that, that Jimmy decided to do, uh, a lot of things got changed. Uh, things that used to refer to subterfuge or poison or divination or the calling up of spirits were suddenly witch, 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 witch and witch. Uh, because, you know, of course, his his upbringing and his paranoia had informed how he was going to do this. And he's like, well, if I'm going to rewrite the Bible, I may as well, you know, quote unquote, heavy, quote unquote, fix a few things. Yep. And so that is where we get the verse. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. It didn't used to mean that. But unfortunately, because of this new version and because of the context of the time, that is how it has come down to us. And because that was so uh, widely distributed and that came became sort of the standard for certain sects of Christianity, uh, you know, that did inform people's later prejudices. And that leads us into the 1600s, which were an absolute shit show. We'll get to that some other time. So into this whole mess, 
walks our good friend William Shakespeare. Oh, Billy Boy. Bill Billy Boy. And he has decided to write a play about murder, ambition, and intrigue in Scotland. Yes. So this is where um, I, I am considered a heathen. Ha 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 ha. Pagan joke. Um, uh, amongst scholars when I'm just like, um, actually, was this a, a giant brown nosing? Um, because this is the first major play that was performed in front of James or written for James. Um, previously, Elizabeth I had literally just been like, you know what, shaky, have some money. Just 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 have it. Keep me entertained. <laughs> Again, yeah. back, back, Blackadder, just like, yeah, like, sorry, I will literally just boil, boil it down to very <laughs> basic things like, yeah, so shaky, mate, just uh, look, I've got some people coming around. I want to have a nice dig. I want to lay it on really thick. I want him to give me some money. Now, y'all, y'all can't see this on the camera, but Lazi just just did the make it rain. I'm <laughs> destroyed. I am destroyed. Yes, oh, I'm. My oh my god. So now, now I'm just. Oh my god. Now I'm just picturing Liz Queenie. the first. I'm. I, yes, Queenie. I'm picturing Kate Blanchett like making it rain. Ah. Uh, I I love this. I love this so much. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got Oh yes, Miranda Richardson making it yeah, rain. Oh, yeah, just brilliant. She did absolutely. But uh yeah, so Elizabeth I was a very 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 um good supporter. And of course, if you're Shakespeare and you've got used to a custom, you know, you've got custom to a certain kind of living and also, you know, like I'm, I'm taking the p there. Um but you know you want to distribute your art out and you think it's super important, you are going to want the money to keep coming in because, you know, that just makes business sense, right? You don't want the new king to come in and be like, oh, well, that's a heresy. Close that down. You want to be able to keep it going. So, uh, yeah, Macbeth was the first major play um, that Shakespeare wrote. And there are so many nods to James like, oof. Um, so in Act One, Scene Three of Macbeth, um, it starts off with the witches all, you know, again, I'm going to break this down into like hashtag shaky realness. Um, and it's going <laughs> to. Oh, my God, I am serving you Shakespeare realness. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so it's just like so basically he's just like the witches are hanging around in the woods. Like, they're not harassing anyone, may I add. There's a big battle happening over there. So they're like, hmm, well, where am I going to get me some dead man's toes? Oh, convenient. That's a battlefield. You know, when God gives you lemons, make toenail aid or whatever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I just mixed Hocus Pocus and Macbeth up in one glorious. Oh, man, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> my tutor, I, I can I can feel the tutors in the back of my neck just being like, this is not what you wrote 10,000 words about. You've gone off on one now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So basically, like, you know, the witches are hanging out. And they're just like, yeah, cool. We're being witches. Um, it's interesting that uh, they're, they're ugly AF. Well, you know, male gays and that lot, they are perceived to be ugly AF. Um, a lot of the stuff goes back to mother maiden and crone um standard um 
kind of almost like the the nod to the fates or the norns in the um norse culture normally you've got a mother maiden crone going on but actually these are all three are are you know chapped fingers beards withered wild women i love that term wild woman she could not be contained um obviously witch burner at the stake standard um they're all hanging about for lols and they're chatting and what you hear them chatting about is oh hey sis what did you get up to right okay i went up the port there was a sailor's wife hanging out and i said look love give me one of them chestnuts and she was like nah mate i ain't having it so, of course, what I did was, is I said, I'm a witch. I'm now going to curse your husband at sea. Actually referenced um, the tiger, which was a um, Elizabethan voyage. So it's a little bit like, yep, Queenie, still got your back. Um, but also they talk about um, they talk about cooking up a storm, which is really interesting because they're stood there in this thunder and lightning and rain while this battle is raging and they're talking about cooking up a storm at sea now as i was talking <laughs> vaguely talking about earlier is mrs anne of denmark of course was caught in a storm of the sea is that um, that whole and like a rat without a tail i'll do yeah, i'll do and i'll that, do yep that's it i love that so, one so, yeah, it's uh, so, yeah, they're like, sister, where art thou? And she goes, ah, her husband to Elpro gone, master o' the tiger. That was Lizzie's bow. But in a sieve, I'll hither sail and like a rat without a tail. I'll do and I'll do. Sieves were a really big magical thing because apparently... Guys, I didn't know the witches could deal this. So, you know, I'm definitely next time I need to go somewhere. I'm just like, oh, mate, I ain't getting a boat. It's going to go down the river in a sieve. Um, European witches could uh, magically um, travel in sieves around um, their um, travel around in sieve. And that's how. So, again, that was another nod to the um, Anne of Denmark issue. Because like apparently, a witchy jet ski. Yeah. Based, oh, my God. <laughs> It, yeah, it's just absolutely. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, sieve because with holes because the whole like witches don't sink thing. That was a thing. I like the way I've just nailed down the entirety <laughs> of persecution of witchcraft into <laughs> apparently witches don't. Yeah, witches <laughs> don't sink. That's a thing. Brilliant. <laughs> that, what else doesn't a duck? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> off black Very small. Me. Very small rocks. Churches, lead. <laughs> she turned me into a note. <laughs> oh, this isn't going to stop, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so it's really like there is like even in Act 1, Scene 3, they are laying it on thick. And every single time the witches are on stage, a storm comes. It could be 90 degrees sunshine, but they will say thunder and lightning has suddenly appeared. Um, so, you know, that's a massive, um, massive nod to the Berwick uh, witch trials um, and a massive nod to um, basically what happened to 
James's missus. Um, I did have notes. I'm sorry. Um, no, also, I suppose, I suppose real quick, um, we should mention that Anne was okay. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> she no, she did make yes. it because I'm she I'm sure there's it. yeah there I'm sure there's somebody in the audience who spent like the last. 20 minutes or whatever just going yes yes there was a big storm and and so on and so forth is she okay yes, yeah she, she was okay boy. she made it she made it she made it um they they yeah. did end up getting married apparently they were very happy together uh yeah. for a while at least um but yes and and was okay yeah well i think as happy as james was going to be well, I'm yeah. not going to say anything else. I'm going to, because that's probably treason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's move on. Maybe <laughs> treason might not. So witches and storms, go ahead. Witches and storms, yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, right, act one, scene three, like instantly just uh, bashed out there. Um, um, so the witches themselves, not only did you have the, the nod, you know, the classics to the fates and the norns, but it could be argued that they're actually representatives of Eve. They are sinning. They are women in the middle of the woods, luring men and tempting them. Now, they might l- not look tempting in the way that we would think, like, you know, because they don't look like lusty bucks and wenches. But actually... It's symbolic representation of the temptation of of sin, um, temptation of greed. And also it could be argued that they're the manifestation of the ugliness of greed. Which is a really interesting point when I was doing my um, original research, because, again, it works back into that kind of, um, you know, I am the most godliest boy who've ever godliest. But again, it was a real fear. It was a genuine, real fear. Um <laughs> And I've I've seen um, other articles that have uh, painted witches as like the ugly side of ambition as well, because yeah, wanting yeah. wanting power and wanting control is the, is a, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Um. The um. The really interesting bit for me was rereading because I wrote this about ten ish, thirteen, a while ago. Um. And coming back to it now being older and a little bit wiser was very interesting because when I originally wrote like all my um not my thesis because it's not PhD but when I originally wrote my dissertation it was just like yes and the witches were really like um you know like Eve and they lured him and that was entirely you know that that externalization which I was talking about earlier you know it was the women's fault if they didn't plant the idea in Macbeth's head about the fact that he could go around doing a massive murder and become king. Then, you know, if the witches hadn't said anything, then obviously Macbeth would have carried on as a very noble kingly man. And um, now as a, as a like a, a bit older, I now read it back and I'm just like, no, Macbeth is his own goddamn man. Macbeth is responsible for his actions. Like, yeah, so that was really interesting. Um, Absolutely. Reading it back and just being like, oh, the witches did it, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of 10, 13 odd years ago. Yeah, it's totally the witches. And now I'm just like, he is a grown ass man. He is responsible for his own goddamn actions. Um, yeah. 
I've, yep. I've seen other stuff that, that tries to paint it as, you know, oh, the if the witches hadn't gone, you know, hail Macbeth, who is to be king oh. hereafter, or if his, his wife hadn't been ambitious and pushed him into it, like, yeah, you could totally just, you know, shank that guy and then you'll be king. It'll be great. You know, it's like, no, they're, they're painting him as like, you know, oh, he's been shoved around by all these horrible women. It's like, no, dude, you still made the decision to do it. Yes. You know, whoever was around you telling you one thing or another, it's still, you know, your decision to do this, which in a way, I mean, this is just me spitballing in, in a way kind of, uh, I think, reflects on King James a little bit. It's like, yes, you've got all these advisors around you telling you all this stuff. Sure. But you're the one who did it. Yeah. You didn't have to write demonology. Mm-hmm. No one didn't have to do all this stuff, but exactly. you did. <laughs> you didn't have to do it, but you did. Totally. And it is like, it's just really interesting um i mean to go slightly off tangent and talk about the the other female influence in macbeth i mean lady macbeth she is a boss bitch and she oh i love her like like i I know i shouldn't say that like lady macbeth is goals um (laughs) but she's a person like she's a person um and it's that like you said it's not ultimately it's that out damn spot. Mm-hmm. She did a whole murder. Oh yeah, and she, she has just, yeah. So she, it was yeah. She has a startling amount of agency for a female character in these plays. I mean, you know, the, you, you talk about the other tragedies, you talk about the other uh, like war related stuff, um, but Lady Macbeth um, is is unique in a couple of ways and it's just that like you know usually they'll have the women be like oh you should you should do the thing this woman picks up a knife and yeah she literally takes fate into her own hands yeah she's a boss bitch (laughs) i mean you could argue that not a good decision but still (laughs) yeah yeah i'm just like i'm not advocating that (laughs) I mean, you could argue that he, he, he ran into a knife. He ran into a knife ten times. Ten times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just like, just shoving more. Like, I'm just like, and we've gone from shaky to musicals. Mm, um, yes, yeah, so I'm it loving is, it. Uh, so it's really interesting, the depiction of, and it's almost one of those things where, again, reading it the first time, you're just like, oh, they're blaming on the women. But actually, Shakespeare's giving the women a lot of power and a lot more agency which is kind of the flip side, the the counter argument to the argument that I put forth about Macbeth being his own damn man. Because women weren't allowed on stage at this point. I will point out these would have all been portrayed by and played by men. I'm going to double fact check that. I believe, I believe you're right. I believe yeah. you're right about that. Yeah. Women, women did appear on stages, but they weren't in plays. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't like they were just like one does not simply, you know. One, one does not simply walk onto a stage in, in one does Stuart, not England. Walking, yeah, yeah. One, one does not simply walk onto a stage and pretend that you're Sir Patrick Stewart or Sir Ian McKellen. So going back to the witches, and what people always don't realise is that they said to Macbeth, yeah, you're going to be king, but your kids aren't. They outright said it. It's like, I warned you thusly. Macbeth, I warned you thusly. They told him, You will be king, but your kids will not. And of course, he turns around and goes, Oh, it's fine. These women 
who I've said, who said that I'm going to be king, I trust them enough to be like, oh, yeah, Tate's going to be king. But I'm not going to trust them on the thing that's going to be a negative outcome for me because I am a man and I am far too intelligent and I can change it, TM. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, again, just, uh, you know, one of Shakespeare's greatest works. Just uh, just sandwich that into a square. Um, <laughs> and the, the fun irony of all of this is that if Macbeth had not done a damn thing, he would have yeah. been king. Yeah, because and, things and, yeah. things were shaking out in his favor, yep. but, but the poison. Of, yep, yeah. ambition, the greatest poison of them all. Little yeah. nod to my friends in the poisoner's cabinet, but yes. <laughs> However, the witches said Banquo's kids are gonna be king. Guess who? If you trace back enough through records. Is supposed to be a descendant of Banquo. <gasps> is it King yeah, Jimmy? Yeah, it is. It's, it's Jimmy. It's Jimmy. So that's another <laughs> reason why I'm just like, uh, it's one of Shakespeare's greatest plays, but also. <laughs> You've got you're telling something me. on your nose there, Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, totally get where you're coming from. Um, however, this is all the reasons why um, it is a bit of a brown nosing. Of course, you know, that's just going to be by, you know, there is a slight confirmation by this because when you're researching things, you're only you're researching around the topic, but you've got to argue your goal um, ultimately as well. So you've got to be careful of like where you get your sources from. Um, and when you're looking at things, accidental confirmation bias, which I know like Brie, we've talked to. <laughs> I've imaginary talked to you in my head about an awful lot. Um, <laughs> no, we, we've talked about confirmation bias on uh, on the Nerd and Tide Discord because we've, we've talked about how people uh, get weird ideas about witchcraft and history because of confirmation bias and how it ties into, you know, a whole lot of people believing a lot of really stupid shit right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, so it's important to be like, this is like my particular bit of research's opinion. I would really love someone to turn around and go, Lozzy, these are the 700 reasons you're wrong, because I do enjoy a good mass debate. That was such a setup. So such a setup. I was like, I'm not going to make that joke. I'm not going to make that joke. I made it. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. She is the master debater. <laughs> one good thing. It's debating en masse. Yes. Brilliant. I hope my mum doesn't listen to this. Um, so yeah uh, so yeah so Banquo is basically um, they say um, to Macbeth like you're not your kids are not going to be king but Banquo's descendants are and Banquo is the righteous dude in this scenario because Macbeth goes oh, they've planted the seed of temptation and evilness in my brain I'm totally going to run with it whereas Banquo is just like <laughs> good one love I'm just going to go be over here not being a treasonous cockwomble nah and ultimately i mean yeah i mean he he doesn't that word (laughs) it's like yes he doesn't win per se but um ultimately his his family line because he is the just and noble one it's his family line that continues okay so we've that makes perfect sense and then of course that's where we ostensibly get king james and it's just like aha i see what you did there billiam going to make it rain yes and you know even if it's not you know 
brown nosing per se, like you do still want to kiss up just a little if you're courting yeah. a royal patron. So that makes good sense. Yeah. So even if it's not, you know, you've got so your head so far up King James's ass. I can't tell where he be, ends and you begin. You know, it the, the little nod yeah. is still good yeah. for, you know, good old Billiam uh, because, you know, he's he's got to pay people. And he's yeah. got to keep a roof over everyone's head. So, yeah. yes, if you're if you're going to write a play and you're going to be presenting it to the king, uh, you may as frickin' well put something in there that's going to make him go, ah, I like it, I like it, pay the man. As maybe you may, did that. May, maybe don't string him up by his heels and beat him bloody. Okay. Yeah. Yes, this this one's good. This is one. This one is good. Ten out of ten I'm, would recommend. <laughs> ten out of ten would Shakespeare again. Oh. <laughs> uh so we we so we move along we move along through the play um and 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 bad shit happens and people get shanked and uh the royal intrigue begins and the 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 royal rumble as you were uh (laughs) (laughs) begins and uh then we we come upon the witches again and they're having themselves a bit of a party and this this is the bit that everyone knows the double double toil and trouble fire burning cauldron bubble with all the gross ingredients which you know you know some people have been like oh some of them were herbs and some of them were just the grossest things that people could come up with because that's how they did um the whole uh, uh, flying ointments thing, you know, yes, there was stuff that people took to induce meditative trances during ritual work um, in, you know, the older, like pre-Christian faiths and and, and traditions and so forth. Uh, but a lot of what we hear about these flying ointments about, you know, oh, they're made of belladonna and henbane and the, the boiled fat of children and so forth it's you know okay here's a handful of herbs that are traditionally associated with with uh, witches in our common folklore because they are wink wink poison and uh you know then the rest is just like the grossest scariest stuff we can come up with because it's got to be you know nasty sounding that only a witch only a terrible terrible person would ever want to use this so that's where we get a lot of the ingredients in the cauldron. But the fun, fun part of that scene is that the goddess of the witches herself, Hecate, Hecate. shows up for the rave. Little, like, I don't know, what was it called? Mulane glow sticks or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll find that that's the fey equivalent of a glow stick. Yes, Foxfire glow sticks. Love it. (laughs) Ah. And it's really interesting what you were saying about the ingredients, Um, because there are there's a couple of uh, things I want to talk about in terms of ingredients, because one of them actually relates what you were saying um, back at the start and why we don't mention that play, because um, essentially, apparently the witches were so pissed off that their secrets had been thusly um, spread out there. So it's just like, um, excuse me, mate, who are you finding out about our secret culture? And uh, then having the audacity to actually give every single spell that we've got in our arsenal out loud on stage. And that is why Macbeth is cursed, 
because there the witches go. got pissed off and said, I'm going to curse the whole of the play. Allegedly. 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 Yes, because they I were mean, they were, in fact, talking about a secret witch cult that um, spoiler did not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, but it's it's really funny how um, that, that that kind of superstition has really kept on because um, in one of the um, renditions, the fake knife, um, which one of them gets stabbed with, actually got swapped out with a real knife. And someone got outright murdered on stage. And that wasn't in Elizabethan times. That was a, that was a bit more modern. Um, you've had reports of um, Lady Macbeth, people who've played Lady Macbeth dying before mm-hmm. um, they get on stage. Um, you've got various um, things of lamps and sandbags and things falling. So it's, it's almost that it's not... It's not one of those things that was just rooted in superstition at the time. It's actually one of those things that have kind of cursed, you know, they've not only simply cursed William Shakespeare. Oh, no, they have imaginarily cursed the whole of Macbeth for time. Immorium. Immemorium. Yeah. Yep. 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 And as we all know, you know, and I can speak to this having come from a, a minor theater background. The theater people are some of the most superstitious lots you'll ever meet, like next to sailors. All so, sports people. All sports people. <laughs> yes, all sports people. Mm-hmm. Yes. So literally anything that could like mess with the performance uh, it is just absolutely verboten. And I've heard some of those stories that like if you it's uh, you know, if you say it um, in a theater, if you're not actually performing the play you know that's when it's bad luck if you say it on a theater stage it's bad luck um which is why the, the blackadder clip is just you know that the two actors are you know kind of taking the piss but because <laughs> it's like you're, you're not on a stage mate you're fine but then again they were on a television set so i guess better safe than sorry yep very true um, and also <laughs> the cure the cure for that particular curse was to go outside of the stage door run around three times in a circle and spit on the floor and then ask for readmission Mm -hmm. and i can't i'm not being funny right oh god all of my sentences start i ain't being funny right (laughs) can you imagine patrick stewart like picard going out round the back of the globe spitting on the floor running around three times and going excuse me sir can you let me back in i just yeah i mean i would (laughs) have Make it, so. yeah, make, ah. it so. <laughs> oh, door, make it so. Make it so. Open the door, make it so. Oh, God, yes. Just turns to Lady Macbeth. He's like, yes, Lady Macbeth, number one. It's like, hold on. <laughs> Wee! I mean, <sighs> I, I mean, I'm not saying that now I've thought up an entire concept in which I need to rewrite Macbeth as if it happened on the Starship Enterprise, but apparently that's in my head now, so. Do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the other point <laughs> about ingredients was witchcraft it's you know the, the witchcraft that we think of is is gonna be herbalism it's gonna be you know um oh god i've got the pox i've got the plague um somebody's cursed me what do i do i need rid of it who am i gonna see i'm gonna go see that little old weird lady who mutters to herself constantly 
drinks tea, grinds up herbs, and then promises me if I just slap this on uh, my wrist, it's going to go away. So there's that whole secrecy about like herbs and having alternative names for things because then you don't get found out. Because if you're a local medicine woman during those times, oh, God, it's it's the worst. You you, you are the first ones to be to be rounded up and, you know, um, shipped to the to the trials. Mm-hmm. And it's it's because there is this uh, this this close association between you know the herbs that heal and the herbs that harm and that's it's not just um you know oh you you have secret herbal knowledge and anything associated with untamed nature is capital b bad it's oh well if you know how to use poultices and teas and uh you know potions and infusions and other such things to you know help people then it also stands to reason in these people's minds that this person must also know how to make poisons and therefore must have knowledge of how to use these things to, you know, bring doom to us all. Yeah. Because medicine is poison in the correct dose. Right. Uh, I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. atropine. Um, so atropine, belladonna, they used to put in there. I, again, I'm, I don't mean to like um, craft explain um, anyone. I'm just putting it out there. Um they uh, it, for ophthalmology they use it to dilate uh, a derivative called atropine, which is it's a derivative of belladonna, to have be able to have a gander in the back of your eyeball. Now there used to be women in Italy who would just squeeze like deadly nightshade into their eyeballs to make their pupils dilated. Yeah, because okay, that that's was something fine. that was yeah. Yeah, it was that was a fashionable thing. That's that why fashionable they call thing. it. That's why they call it belladonna, beautiful woman, yeah, because you looked exactly. very pretty. You yeah. you couldn't see a damn thing because all the candles were very very bright suddenly. But you looked smashing. Uh, but you didn't care how ugly the rich dude looked <laughs> because he was rich and you couldn't see him and you'll just agree to marry him anyway. Um, <laughs> that's a very basic. That's not obviously uh, what everybody thinks. Um, so, yeah. And it's that kind of like like you were saying, uh, Brie, it's, it's what's in in which dose in which dose is this harmful in which dose is this this not helpful. Um Penny royalty had lots of um, other effects, which, you know, in, in that time used in that particular way would have really, really been frowned upon. Um, I don't want to go into it because I don't want to make it uncomfortable for anybody. But if someone wants to ask me separately, they absolutely can do. Um, but it's it's really interesting. And again, we're going back to that externalization because you know, the witches are having a right knees up and Hectate herself comes along to the party. Well, can't have a load of women just hanging about, chatting about without men, because clearly they'll get ideas. They might even think that they could write their own pamphlet. Oh, God. (laughs) Soon they'll start getting ideas and thinking. And then we'll have to take their pockets away from them. I am still not over that. <laughs> I am still not over that. It's like, oh, you can't have pockets and a dress because what do you fill it with? Sharp things and pamphlets. <laughs> um, if the men know we can think for ourselves, they're going to tell the church. <laughs> exactly. 
you don't want your lady folk going out, hanging out in a load of woods, getting drunk and hanging out with other lady folk. Although that does sound like the best idea ever. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, we're in the 21st century now. It's OK. Um, you don't want to encourage that kind of behavior. You don't want to encourage getting drunk. You don't want to encourage a load of women thinking for themselves and getting drunk and, and deciding that they don't need need anybody anymore. Um, and it's that real um, it's that real harm versus help versus what is the best for you because again people would have kept their daughters indoors not because they're terrible people well they are terrible people without moral standards but they don't want their daughters to go out and be you know um befell be bespelled by witches they don't want their daughters to get caught up in something ungodly because they want their soul to go to heaven because as as a parent, you just want what's best for your kids. And sometimes that can come out in some really dodgy ways. And of course, they want them to still be marriageable. And, you know, if you're gadding oh, about yeah. the woods at nighttime with other women, God knows what you're getting up to. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, but they don't actually exist. Queen Victoria said that. She was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> lesbians, they don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Whatever love, you, you say. Solid there. <laughs> Oh, whatever you say, yeah. Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> yes, men can be attracted to other men. That's fine. But lesbians don't exist. Um, Methinks me the queenie doth protest too much. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, it's just, um, again, definitely probably treason. Oh, well. Um, so the um, yeah, so it is really interesting because it, it kind of like you were saying about the party and stuff and and that Hubble bubble toil and trouble. Trouble. Trouble is the ultimate word. It's the last word in that sentence because yeah they might be boiling everything up but trouble is what they're causing and women together in a group are trouble allegedly well i mean yes yes it's <laughs> <laughs> back to all like my women's institute meetings and i'm like yeah a bunch of women together we are like literally a bother um but a good bother <laughs> in a good way well, I mean, if you if you get a, a large enough group of women together, it means somebody done hecked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yes, it's you know we we just want, we just want to go out and and, ha- and have a bit of fun. But oh God, no no, God forbid you need your girl time. <laughs> that's that's fun. trouble. It's trouble exactly. It's trouble. It's... <laughs> well, we all knew that he was trouble as soon as he walked in. So just a shame. That one hurt. <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. I have terrible punnage. It's it's like it's as bad as my wandering accent syndrome. <laughs> it, it's, I just feel compelled to make bad Taylor Swift puns. Oh no no I I I love a good pun. You know me. I I love puns like entirely too much. I was raised on a steady diet of them. It's just when somebody gets me with one and I should have seen it coming and I didn't. It's like God. Damn it. Was the accent right? Because everyone just assumes, oh, they're British. Anything that comes out of their mouth must be vaguely intelligible. That was <laughs> for so long. That's why when I have to speak to people, I go on to my BBC regional accent. And everybody oh, assumes that what I'm talking about is incredibly important. There you go. Yep. So witchy, witchy raves in the woods. Witchy, women yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, witchy raves, Taylor Swift. 
accents, backgrounds. We're going to run the gamut. It'll be fine. We're, <laughs> we're taking the loopy trail. Oh, I don't. Yeah, it's like, I know. I, I'm one of those people who's just like, mm, got a sat nav. <laughs> sat nav is clearly wrong because I know this way is better, even though that's the whole reason I set up the goddamn sat nav, right? <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, hectates party and everything. And it's just really interesting. You don't want women to um, be coming up with ideas be left to their own devices um and you want what's best for your kids you don't want them to go to hell you, you don't want them to um fall from grace you you don't want them to be tempted like uh, eve was with the apple you ultimately want what's best for them so yeah it's really this pious woman you're a good woman you're quiet you're stable you come you're 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 humble because women don't, you know, you don't, I mean, now if you'd, someone turns around and goes, oh, man, you look really good in that outfit. And you turn around and go, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, oh, damn. You know, the universe has ended for that particular person. And it's just, it, it was exactly the same then. You want your women to be, if, you, if you've if you been like, dare I say it, like, granted the unfortunate circumstance of having daughters, then you want them to be good, godly quiet you don't want them going out having orgies raves ideas you know the witches are are ugly but they're or they're portrayed to be ugly um but they're wild they're wicked they're they're this other they're the other problem and again it goes back to that you know it kind of circles um background because it's is this um extension or otherness that that is the ultimate problem because it's an external problem because if you're a farmer and you've got a bunch of crops and your crops have done crap you're not going to scientifically know it's because actually you're up river and the nitrates all go down river what you're or, or you know like the fertility is affected and if you don't crop rotation and, and science and magic and stuff like that if Betty or Doris, the two spinster sisters down the way, they might be only two farms, like, you know, two kind of farm, your farmland away, but their crops are growing really good. Now, where's the problem? Are you the problem? No, they're the problem. They're witches. They've clearly cursed my land because they want to take over they've clearly made an active decision they've got together with all their witchy friends because you know doris and doris and betty haven't found either haven't found good men to settle down with or you know they've inherited um this wealth so how do you get the good land betty and doris are witches oh yes I will take that patch back um, as a um, as a thank you very much for pointing it out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, I don't want to say that it's entirely even conscious decision um, to be like, hmm, if I rat out those ladies over there, I'm going to definitely, you know, get this land. It's more of a even it might be in a subconscious decision or for some people it may well have been conscious because, you know, people are people, right? Oh, sure. 
and and you know the women were equally as bad as propagating the stereotype mm-hmm. you know it's the you know it's mothers it's the lady macbeths who carried on this stereotype of you know um if you are a wicked woman and again like we were saying earlier lady macbeth she is a strong independent lady she could have totally ran that from day one behind every man is a stronger woman as some people may say but actually so lady macbeth was calling all the shots and she had ideas above her station she voiced them out loud and she was a wild woman and ultimately she was evil hardly hear from bankways missus at all good godly wife isn't she yeah there you go and it, it, it must also be mentioned that, um, you know, of course, they, they, they bring in um, they bring in Hecate for the uh, for the, the, the little sort of witch party. Uh, but they would have said, you know, these women getting together out in the woods, of course, the devil's going to show up to give them power because women cannot have power by themselves. They must be granted it or take it from a man or a male figure. So that's that is part of the superstition of the day and that ties into you know why the the witches are so dangerous it's there is no male figure in this play that is giving them power they just have it and that may have been a deliberate decision to you know not portray the devil on stage um or it may have just been a way of saying you know yes they are connected to these these ancient powers and and look how scary they are because they do not you know follow what is accepted and expected for women and lady macbeth gets caught up in that because she may not be a witch in the same sense that the you know the the, the weird sisters are yeah. but at the same time she is moving things behind the scenes she is trying to you know seize power for herself she has agency she has ambition and ultimately like you said you know she actually takes action herself and then it's just oh no god surely not no no bad 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 out damn bad spot. lady mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah out damn spot yeah. yes it is yeah it's, it's just really yeah so that's that's basically <laughs> why i bloody love Macbeth, <laughs> because it, yeah it's just it's just got so much context and it's really great because we can now use that to look back because again history is only written by by the victors ultimately i mean i'm, I'm you know hopefully that that's changing a lot now um but if we can look at actual like performances and satire and tragedy and society and culture that really reflects what's going on more so than one rich white dude writing it down because sometimes a play is the you could toe the line and you might get away with it and if you know that they're you know people talk so if you know like one of the king's men or whatever's in the audience you know you can rein it in a bit you can take out a couple of lines but if you go somewhere else you can you can truly say things and and theater especially for people because it's all right you know james bless him um bless him oh my god i can't believe i just said that um you know james bashing out these leaflets (laughs) i didn't mean i meant him in the very ironic like british bless him way which is very 
yeah. The oh, um, bless your heart kind of way. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, sorry. There it no, is. I, I'm offended. <laughs> well, I'm offended <laughs> on other people's behalf. Um, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's just really interesting um, because most people couldn't read. It's okay, James bashing out these these pamphlets, um, especially in English. You know, he ch- he changes the the Bible from Latin because only rich people can really understand Latin, and that's another form of control. But in theatre, using your words, using plays, using spreading ideas through the power of people, a you can change it because it's a different thing a different night, and also it gets to the masses. It gets to the people in, you know, we, we call it the, the people in the cheap seats. Oh, man, it was not the cheap seats originally. You were you were standing on the floor or sitting or, or, or laying on the floor um, and you were crammed in, absolutely crammed in. And it was the rich people that were uh, further up and higher up in the, the loftier boxes away from and the poor people. And everyone else not sitting on a cushion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I know somebody like, out there is screaming it right now. Because you go to a gig, right? And you're just like, yeah. oh, man, I want to get right at the front. And, and back in the day, man, you would not want to be at the front. Mm-mm. Like, oh, no, that's where the, you know. I mean, the, the globe got shut down due to plague. Ah, oh, wow. Of course I've mentioning that in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> too relevant. Uh, too too relevant. relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Do not want this was supposed to be escapism. Um, yes, it, it got shut down because of the plague. Um, ah, but everything's connected. And everything's connected. So mm-hmm. basically, the the TLDR of my 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 mad woman ramblings are poor people are still treated like crap. Um, the monarchy are weird. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm definitely no. I'm definitely treasonous. Um, <laughs> don't yeah it's just yeah i can't i can't narrow it down because i just love talking too much so (laughs) (laughs) oh well i think that the uh the the bottom line of all of this is you know that that thing that we've been telling people uh for for the last several years if you think that the arts aren't political you are wrong because they always have been and you just weren't paying attention or more likely, you didn't have the context. Well, here's the context. Exactly. There you go. It is, yeah. And it's also really like, um, oh, God, my poor sister. Don't like Shakespeare. It's really bloody boring. <laughs> right, okay. To be fair. <laughs> Fine. All right. Do you like Lion King? Yeah. It's like a Disney classic, isn't it? The... Well, Guess love. what? That's Hamlet. <laughs> you yep. what, mate? Yeah, yeah, that's Hamlet. You what? You what? <laughs> That's the polite version. <laughs> okay. What about Ten Things I Hate About You? Oh, yeah, that's a really like Eve Ledger in that's like bloody bang tidy, isn't he? And I'm just like, you do realise that's Taming the Shrew. Taming the Shrew. I'm not bloody Shakespeare. And I'm just like, oh my god, child, read a book. So I'm sorry, I apologise yeah. profusely to my sibling. Yeah, um, she's the man. It's Twelfth Night. Yep. Exactly. And people yes. are just like, oh my god, it's like so groundbreaking and original. It's just like, no, it isn't. Original. Just like, original. Right, into like full loving mode. Now it's just, you're just about to go. Nothing is original. <laughs> Nothing is original thought. It's just art, but to life. And that's why I did joint history and drama. 
there there was a lovely dying swan with full leg kick there just a moment ago. <laughs> that was absolutely glorious. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I, yeah. And this is why sometimes I will just be, you know, if you ever hear a clanging in the background of whenever I'm talking or anything, it's, it's probably because I've yeeted something the other side of the room <laughs> or I, you know, made it rain. Just like, whoa, Lizzie, make it rain. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's I'm one of these people who talk with their hands. It's uh, this this has been an absolute delight. This has been a wild ride and you know, knowing all this now I'd, I'd like to challenge our readers to go back and read the play again or watch one of the movie adaptations and see if it doesn't hit just a little bit differently because i guarantee you something will yep definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well lousy dear thank you so much for stopping by and sharing all of this with us today awesome source thank you so much for having me on it's been fantastic Yes. Now, before we go, uh, please do tell the nice people where they can find you on the interwebs. Oh, yes. The interwebs. Um, um, I'm at Lozzie Stardust on um, Twitter. Um, and yeah, that's basically. And uh, oh, I have the TikTok now. I'm also at Lozzie. So I like the TikTok. That's just aged me incredibly there. Um, I'm at Lozzie Stardust on the TikTok. I hang out quite um, a disproportionate amount on the Nerd and Die podcast uh, Discord. Um, and I have got like um, copies and sources and references and everything to back up um, if people want them so I can give them to Brie and she can share them out. Excellent. And we, we do love us some sources. I love um, some sauce. Oh, some sauce. Dunk them haters in that sauce. <laughs> she's she's just a delight. Don't you love her? Oh my god. So yes, chicken nuggets just. Mm. <laughs> oh, I didn't mind talk about boiling your head. Oh. <laughs> well, they'll just have to come on the Nerd and Tie Discord and ask you about it. Yes. <laughs> god. And you really do need to come and uh, and join us on the Nerd and Tie podcast network. That's nerdandtie.com slash discord for the invite. And that'll do it for today, I think. My God. Uh, there are lots more amazing guest hosts lined up. So make sure you stay tuned on my Patreon. And who knows, this might show up in the regular feed because we've had way too much goddamn fun. Um, if you're enjoying yourself, please leave the show a kind review on Apple Podcasts because reviews are our lifeblood. And until next time, this is Bree and Lazi reminding you to stay safe, keep wearing your mask and add just a pinch more eye of newt to your next brew. Hex Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at at Brina Garin on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hacks.